Hello and welcome to Date Your Ego, Marry Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Serafina, and I am an ego and soul enthusiast. We can no longer be strangers to our egos and how they function. So come and join me as we find out why and how this philosophy of dating your ego but marrying your soul is true and useful for you. When I started this podcast, I wanted it to be a collection of interviews with everyday people that have embraced the title, Date Your Ego But Marry Your Soul. This next guest lives this title out. She has an abundance mentality and has proven this time and again in her life despite her trials and tribulations. Please welcome spiritual millionaire, Hilary Moore from Geneva, Switzerland. Without further ado, let's listen in. We played for 24 hours and basically empty left the casino with $80,000. Wow. So she did. Yeah, really. It was amazing. (laughs) And actually just one interesting detail was that the croupier said to us at one stage, oh, so you girls like gambling? We said, we're not gambling. You know, we've come just to pick up the money. We're not gamblers. We're on a mission. We have an outcome and we're directing our energy towards that outcome. Total belief, no doubt gratitude the whole way great feelings if we ever get tired we go out we raise our energy and we come back we have fun you know the thing is that we're living in a society that programs us to live within a system which is certainly not designed for us to experience our true nature which is joy and freedom and see the beauty everywhere they do say that we are the result of the five of our five closest friends they say your financial status will actually be a reflection of the five people that you hang out with the close. But I think just in terms of character and the woman that you want to be in the world, have a look at the people that you're hanging out with and say, you know, are these the kind of people that I emulate, that I look up to, that I respect, that I admire? Do I want to be like these people? And I really think it's so important to get clarity on the essential things in life. One of which is who do you want to be? So many people get caught up. There's so many distractions nowadays, but I think it's so important just to take time. I can't stress this enough. Just maybe five minutes a day to start out with or 10 minutes a day just for you and just create that space. It's about self-love, which is so important. And just say, who do I really want to be? And from that, everything in your life will emanate. You know, getting a clear picture of who you want to be with all your uniqueness and and your talents and your skills and your ambitions and your, you know, who you want to be in the world and who you want to become. And then from that, once you get clarity, the rest is kind of people fall away. And, you know, again, what you're putting out there, you will attract. Welcome, Hilary Moore. I'm so delighted to have you. For our listeners, Hilary is a spiritual millionaire without millions, an abundance generator, and a mother of two who joins us from Geneva. Welcome, 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 Hilary. How are you today? Thank you, Serafina. I am doing really well. So nice to connect with you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Hilary, tell us a bit about yourself. Where were you born and where do you live right now and what do you do? Well, I'm from Belfast in Northern Ireland, and I am currently living in Geneva in Switzerland. 
well, I started off my professional career as a sports teacher and a French and Spanish teacher in a private school in England. And then there's been a lot of things between then and now. But to keep it very short, I worked for an international art collector in Munich, Germany, who was a pre-Columbian art collector. He wanted somebody who could travel a lot for him and speak a few languages. Then I became a professional snowboarder, which actually brought me to the French Alps. And then actually, uh, when the snow melted after a few years, I gravitated towards the big city of Geneva. And I worked in real estate for a while and I had built up quite a few good international network of business people. And I really decided that it wasn't where I felt aligned with who I really was. So I started bringing inspirational speakers from the States to Switzerland and I was more in the seminar field and I made some really great contacts. I was going to the States and to London quite a lot as well to attend these seminars in kind of a lot in digital marketing. And one of the people I'd worked with was Mark Victor Hansen. I brought him to Geneva. Um, he uh, did the Chicken Soup for the Soul series and sold 500 million copies. So he was sharing how to set a goal and just make it happen. And now today I'm actually creating a podcast series called The Spiritual Millionaire and interviewing people about abundance and just creating a beautiful life. Oh, wow. That's almost like a rainbow story, if you uh, allow me to say that. That's brilliant. A woman that has worn so many hats. Tell me, what is Geneva like to live in? Well, it's nestled between the lake and the mountains. So in terms of a city, it is quite picturesque, I have to say. In the summer, there's lots and lots of boating and, and things like that. And it's, you know, the weather's great. What I like about it being from Ireland is that there are four distinct seasons. There's not rain all year round. So the winter's cold and great skiing an hour from Geneva, like amazing skiing. And then uh, we have a short spring, which is beautiful. Uh, short autumn, which is beautiful. Then the summer, it's very hot here. It can get very hot, certainly by Irish standards. So I love the weather and it's very international. It's very diverse. And at first I wasn't so keen on it because I felt it lacked a little bit of soul, a little bit of kind of strong identity, certainly not very Swiss because you have the UN organizations and you have all the banks. So it does attract a very kind of cosmopolitan a lot of people have worked in a lot of different places, but it's safe and it's calm. A lot of people complain it's too calm. And it took me a long time, actually, to really find myself here and also to find people that I had an affinity with. But I'm happy to say that I'm really enjoying my life here today. Oh, that's excellent. Another, another journey. I think you're a human being that makes the best out of what she gets given. I can see that straight away. Now, you did mention something very interesting to me. You said you're very good in manifesting experiences, and that really stayed with me ever since our first chat. And I'd love for you to share that with our audience. What do you mean by this? I have introduced you as, you know, an abundance generator, and that comes across in your spirit. So talk about an experience that you manifested with our audience. Okay, let me just first say, Serafina, that I was fortunate to have a wonderful upbringing and a great life in Ireland. And then I studied in London and Cambridge and I was super sporty. So I, you know, I had a great life. And then I attracted, I manifested something into my life 
which wasn't so great, which was a relationship which didn't end up very well. And I have two children actually from that relationship, two wonderful children who are now in their early 20s. And life hasn't always been rosy. I have always had a very cheery disposition. I'm a number seven on the Enneagram, which is um, a kind of personality test, which is the enthusiast. So I'm always very enthusiastic. But I have gone through real adversity and it was more kind of how I got out of that. And I can, you know, like all these stories, you know, it's like in the book, Think and Grow Rich, they say in every adversity is the equivalent opportunity. So I knew that there was a huge opportunity, but going through it, I just, it was like I was lost in the darkness of it all. And I had no idea how I was going to get out. So it's been a long journey. And as I said, I'm happy to be on the other side of that now. I have learned so many lessons. It's been so enriching. And I think probably thanks to that, I really did start a whole spiritual path and like so many questions that I need answered. And had I had a comfortable life, I probably wouldn't have, I wouldn't be in the place I am today. And I really wouldn't, you know, choose to be anywhere else. So in terms of manifesting, I would say, okay, let me just tell you one story. I ran into a guy in the States. I've done a lot of seminars. I love seminars because I just feel it's just such a wonderful place to grow and examine, you know, your conditioning that we've been brought up with, especially being from Northern Ireland, you know, Belfast, mm-hmm. a very kind of tight community. You know, the world is a big place and there's so many points of views and, and things like that. And uh, even in Belfast, you know, they used to fight in such a small place, you know, the Protestants and the Catholics, and there was a war going on in such a small place. So I was so happy to kind of get out of that and understand, you know, other people's point of views and, and things like that. So I went to a seminar and I met a guy called Larry Cohn, who I just did an interview with this week. And uh, Larry is a serial entrepreneur, has also known big ups and big downs. And he, okay, it was a seminar with a guy who called Tolly Birkin, who taught Tony Robbins how to firewalk. And Larry had also learned how to firewalk. And Larry was at this seminar. And Tony Tolly's seminar was on how to program slot machines so you could win at the casino. Oh, my God. And when my... And my <laughs> And actually, it's a subject I wasn't interested in at all. My friends from London called me and said, oh, Hillary, you know, we've got a place with Tolly. He taught us how to firewalk and now he's offered us this course. And, uh, you know, we have a free place. A friend was going to come and he's dropped out. Would you like to come with us? And I'm like, thanks, but no thanks. You know, I had much better things to do. I wasn't really into casinos or anything like that. And then they kept calling me and they kept saying, Hillary, come on, it's going to be fun. Trust us and things like that. And I did have a few days available at the time. So eventually I said, okay. Out of sheer curiosity, I'll come. So I went anyway, and uh, it was actually all about how to move energy, how to, it's kind of quantum physics, how the power of the mind can create all kinds of outcomes. And the casino basically was just a vehicle where you could see that. So this is where I met Larry, and Larry was there as Tolly's star pupil that had won so many uh, wins uh, you know, at the casino that he had all these checks with him from all his wins. So anyway, he was a super character, like full of life, amazing energy. And we kept in touch. That was about 18 years ago. So I was doing another seminar in Monaco with a friend. And just one evening, we went to the casino in Monaco and I was telling her about what I'd learned and everything. And she she started playing and she was doing really well. And then I was in Los Angeles at the time, a few months later, and she called me and she said, Hilary, I want to do another seminar in uh, California, in Los Angeles, and it's 60,000. It was like super expensive. But I have to say that one person that did this seminar, they ended up finding oil 
in Belize. So, I mean, the results uh, really were amazing. So, Sorry, can, I, can uh, I ask you, so this was a seminar that cost 60000 to attend? Yep. Oh, yep. my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a small kind of mastermind type seminar. He take the guy does it in the Bahamas where he lives. He takes about 10 people. Some people fly down in their private jets and things like that. And so my girlfriend said, I really want to attend this seminar, but I don't have the 60,000. So she said, can you put me in touch with your friend, Larry, and maybe he can help me, you know, win some money with the little nest egg that I have. So Larry said, sure, you know, um, sure, I'll meet her. So she flew out to L.A., she asked him how much I need in order to generate the 60,000. So Larry's answer was tell her to bring 10,000 because she can't, you know, it's all emotional. And as soon as she goes into the fear, you know, she, if, if her capital is dwindling and she gets into the fear, I'm going to lose it all. It's over. So she just needs a bit of a cushion to play with. So tell her to bring 10,000. So she came. We met Angie, Larry and myself at the Fairmount Hotel at the Santa Monica Pier with that beautiful tree front of it. It's such an amazing hotel. And uh, Larry basically spent the whole evening, you know, telling her it was all about energy and that she had to have a very clear outcome. And she had to, it's, it's basically the same life, anything, everywhere you are, you have to be totally aware. There's signs everywhere guiding you, but most of us are so tied up with all this mental stuff that we miss out on them. So he said, you know, the casino is so alive and it's all about having a very clear outcome maybe a machine will call you for, you know, you'll walk past a machine and there's something and you, oh, that's so interesting. I've been reading about that for the last week, that word or something. So that's like, there's an affinity there. So, you know, it's really about allowing yourself to be guided through the process. So anyway, he was supposed to come with us. And that evening at midnight, he called us and said, oh, I've got a problem. I have a leak in my garage. I can't go tomorrow, but you girls go up. You'll be fine. And we were like, no, he's our mentor. He has to go with us, but he couldn't. So we went and cut a long story short. We played for 24 hours and basically Angie left the casino with $80,000. Wow. So she did. Yeah, really. It was amazing. <laughs> and actually, just one interesting detail was that the croupier said to us at one stage, oh, so you girls like gambling? We said, we're not gambling. You know, we've come just to pick up the money. You know, we're not gamblers. We're on a mission. You know, we have an outcome and we're directing our energy towards that outcome. Total belief, no doubt, gratitude the whole way, great feelings. If we ever get tired, we go out, we raise our energy and we come back, we have fun. And that was it, you know. <laughs> That's it's such a fun way to live your life. It's such a fun way to live your life. I meet, I meet the most incredible characters who aren't in the system. You know, the thing is that we're living in a society that programs us to live within a system, which is certainly not designed for us to experience our true nature, which is joy and freedom and see the beauty everywhere. So, uh, yeah, no, it definitely yeah, just, sounds like, um, you know, also a total embracing of the female spirit because you did mention your seven on the Enneagram, and I love your enthusiasm, and I can see how that helped your friend as well embrace this spontaneous moment. And I love it when women get together and do something like that and achieve great things. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. If we ever need to go to a casino, we'll, I'm going to get your email so we know <laughs> where to reach you. That's so funny. And I'll tell you, actually, Larry is the sweetest guy in the world because people say, oh, how much does he charge? It must be really expensive, you know, for coaching. And he's so cool because Larry just says, no, no, I don't charge anything. Just I tell people what to do and I trust them and they give me 10% of what they win. So, I mean, 
how fair is that? Oh, that's great. That's another way to live outside the system. And I love that idea of living outside the system. Can I ask you a little bit about your wisdom as a woman, you know, in your life? I really found something you told me very empowering as a young woman myself about choosing your friends very carefully and, you know, having a sacred quality to the space you surround yourself with. Young women often find it awkward. There's a lot of anxiety around doing it. And if people do manage to distance themselves from others, there's a ton of guilt that comes with that decision. Could you empower our listeners with choosing your friends carefully? Yeah, gosh, that's so important. They do say that we are the result of the five of our five closest friends. They say, you know, your your financial status will actually be a reflection of the five people that you hang out with the close. But I think just in terms of character and the woman that you want to be in the world, have a look at the people that you're hanging out with and say, you know, are these the kind of people that I emulate, that I look up to, that I respect, that I admire? Do I want to be like these people? And I really think it's so important. And often, you know, we just... We get on with people. We have an affinity with people. Maybe, you know, I was always attracted to people that had a lot of energy and that were doing lots of things and were very colorful. And, you know, I love the way they dressed or I just thought this person has style. You know, I also have a wing of the three on the Enneagram, which is, you know, that kind of, I'm very visual and things like that. And now I think in everything, it's so clear. It's, sorry, it's so important to get clarity on the essential things in life. One of which is who do you want to be? So many people get caught up. There's so many distractions nowadays, but I think it's so important just to take time. I can't stress this enough. Just maybe five minutes a day to start out with or 10 minutes a day, just for you and just create that space. It's about self-love, which is so important. And just say, who do I really want to be? And from that, everything in your life will emanate you know, getting a clear picture of who you want to be with all your uniqueness and, and your talents and your skills and your ambitions and your, you know, who you want to be in the world and, and who you want to become. And then from that, once you get clarity, the rest is kind of people fall away. And, you know, again, what you're putting out there, you will attract. Got it. I mean, I'm in that in that phase. So you're directly helping me today. I've been in London for about 17, 18 years now. The friends that came with me have all gone back. The friends I made here have all kind of moved away. And I've completely changed direction in my life now. And I'm definitely at that place where I'd love to have people in the same sort of, not just arena, but also at the same sort of mindset level that I could interact with on a daily basis. And I understand it all comes from you know, developing that self-appreciation and self-love, which very nicely leads me into my next question, which I love to ask my guests. What is your self-care routine that you'd be willing to share with us that could inspire us to have one for ourselves? Well, I think, as I said, the most important thing really is to love yourself, which can manifest itself in all different kinds of ways. So for me, you know, because I was very sporty and I'm tall and, and things like this, it's like often I would like even something really simple. I would go shopping and I would 
oh, I live in town, so I would like take the tram, jump on the tram, take a couple of stops, go into the shops, and I would. I hate going to the supermarket. You know, it's like it's such a waste of time for me. So I would overcharge myself and come back with all these bottles of water and all this kind of stuff. And it's like one day I said, no, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, it's like the path of least resistance. I'm always the kind of person, no, I can do this. It's okay. You know, it's a workout for today or something like that. But I just think we have to be gentle with ourselves. And, you know, in terms of the company that you, that you choose, it's always a choice. Everything's always a choice. The company that you choose, the things that you watch, the things that you expose yourselves to, the conversations that you stay in that you kind of think, I don't want to be a part of this conversation. You can walk away at any time. And just really, to, you know, it's like you think, oh, I really, this is really awkward for me to, you know, eject myself from this conversation or whatever. No, it's not. It's like you want to be somewhere else, you know, just leave. One thing which I've learned a lot is really just to take the path of least resistance all the time. Another thing I would say, I always try to do some kind of physical exercise every day, even if it's just getting out the skipping rope and skipping for five minutes, you know, just to get the the breath work done. You know, we're all under a lot of pressure, but yeah, a little bit of physical exercise every day. It's so important to keep moving and to get into your body and out of the thought process. And then obviously meditation. You know, some days I get to do it more than others, but basically it's just finding a space and creating that five or 10 sacred minutes in a day. It's the most precious part of my day. You know, sometimes it takes quite a while. I know a lot of people initially, they kind of say, yeah, but it doesn't work for me. You know, I've got so many things in my mind and I can't quiet my mind. Well, that's why you actually absolutely have to do it. And little by little, it becomes easier and easier. Yeah, it's just creating the, the time for yourself. We've, we find time, especially as women, for everybody else and not for ourselves. And I'd say really that is a starting point. Wow. For our listeners, I can just feel Hillary's energy and it is so calming. Now, Hillary, you've written a book. Can you tell us a bit about it? It's not published yet, but uh, that's one of the things that um, is on my to-do list. But sure, basically, okay, my book is called 100 Bucks to Get to Heaven. And I didn't really set out to write this book, but I attended an ayahuasca retreat, ayahuasca being some plant medicine. I didn't have to go to the jungle to do it because I found, after a lot of research, an organization that does it here in Europe. I came back and it really had a profound effect on me. It was the most beautiful experience that I'd ever had in my entire life. Not actually the ayahuasca, something else at the retreat, which I won't get into this stage but it is in the book and when I actually experienced this my first reaction was oh my gosh this is the most beautiful gift I could ever give anybody that's open to this how can I share this with other people so I came back to Geneva and all my friends were on the phone you know like oh tell us about it let's meet for a coffee or a drink or whatever and after a couple of meetings I was exhausted because it was so intense and after the third person, I said, listen, you know, I'm not going to this in detail anymore. I'm just going to write up some notes and I'll send it to you as an email attachment. So I started writing, thinking it would take a couple of days and it would be like one page. And it actually turned into a book. Yeah, it's basically just about an experience that I had that really allowed me to connect with the deepest part of my soul and my connection to the universe. And It was such a precious experience and meeting. Yeah, it just took me, there's so many ways to get to that place. And I'm not saying this is the one and only by any means, but it's a catalyst which allows us to go very deep 
very fast. Some people do it through years of meditation and that's fine too. And some people don't want to hear about this kind of stuff. They're just like, no, plant medicine, no, I've heard this, I've heard that or whatever. But for me, it was the most beautiful gift I ever got and gave myself by actually going and making space in my calendar to go. You know, Paramahamsa Yogananda, who's the author of the best-selling autobiography of the yogi, in his meditation, one of the things he says is, the greatest love you can experience is that which is between the soul and the spirit. And that is the love we're all seeking. Absolutely. And if you meditate, a love will come over you that no human tongue can explain. And I think this aspect is really overlooked because of the busyness of 21st century life. Often when we meditate and do our affirmations, we're sort of in a little bit of a hurry, if not a lot of a hurry. But like you said, five minutes, 10 minutes, but it has to be quite regular. And the more regular you make it, the more you cultivate a gentleness and an appreciation for yourself and your soul. I think at this point, it would be great to just ask you, there is a difference between the ego and the soul. And there is definitely an advantage to dating your ego, but marrying your soul. What advice would you give women who are sailing through 21st century storms about dating their ego, but choosing their soul in the end? I mean, the soul path is the only one that is really worth pursuing. And when you experience that, you just think, wow, you know, this is by nothing even comes close, you know, even beautiful houses, you know, I think so many people are so busy, you know, creating a lifestyle and I don't want to be religious about this thing, but there's a verse in the Bible that I really love. It's like, seek you first the kingdom of God, which is within. Okay. It also says the kingdom of God is within. So seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you, you know, and no, and another place in the Bible, no sorrow herewith. So it's like when you go for that alignment with your soul and you find out that actually you are pure love and that there is pure love in the universe and there's all kinds of people that probably say, no, there's not, there's wars going on and criminals and prisons and all the rest of it. It is actually there. It's just a question of creating heaven on earth, you know, and everybody can do that. And that place of heaven, we all know people that are materially incredibly wealthy, but that are incredibly miserable. And I'm not against wealth by any means. I know some people who are incredibly wealthy, but the wealth is a byproduct of their happiness, of their joy, of them attracting amazing people and experiences into their life. And yeah, I would just say, yeah, it's so not about the material stuff. And, and I used to, you know, be, be very materially minded. And I'm just so happy today to be in a totally different space. And going back to the friends, I have beautiful friendships today, which are priceless, absolutely priceless. And just to come back to our true essence and connect with our true selves is the most beautiful thing that we could ever do, you know, and it's a journey. It's a, it's a journey, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. That's all we have time for today. This was a soulful conversation. I'm so inspired and I'm so happy that I had an opportunity to talk to you. I'm so inspired to go and live life, you know, embracing the title of this podcast. Thank you so much, Hillary. If our audience members need to reach you, can they? Is there a way? Yeah. 
I'm actually setting up all my social media stuff at the minute. So probably if anybody sure wants some information, just contact me via Facebook, which is Hillary Moore. Hillary as in Clinton, Moore as in Roger, 1L. And I'm in Geneva. So Hillary Moore, Geneva. Okay. All right. Well, have a lovely rest of your day. And thank you once again. And thank you, Serafina, for the wonderful work that you're doing. And I really look forward to getting to know you more. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed that chat with Hillary. Her abundance mentality has rubbed off on me. I'm ending this interview feeling like I could conquer all of my demons and I could definitely marry my dreams. I hope you felt the same way and got something out of it. This is your host, Serafina Salvador, leaving you with a little more love for life.